0: You're listening to the One of Us.net Podcast Network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at one of usnet at gmail.com. series which is now finally available to buy in the United States. Click on the banner on one of us, order today, and join in the fun now, because Delicious Volume 2, Yum Yum Yum, is coming really soon, a perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart, one of us strongly recommends this one.
1: there, everybody. Welcome to the Screener Squad. I'm with Jen Mindy. I'm Chad. Today, well, I guess for a while, because I don't know, I didn't binge the whole series, but I actually signed up for this because I thought it was going to be a movie. I was like, (laughs) oh, this will be easy. Like, I'll I'll knock this out in an evening. And then it's like, oh, 10 episodes, eight episodes, shit. Um, (laughs) Eight episodes. Anyways, i'm glad i did it was totally worth the time blue eye samurai surprisingly on netflix it's about a samurai who's out for revenge it's a from the Edo period of uh japan and you know men rule the world yada yada but this samurai is secretly a female playing a male in a man's world uh getting her revenge for the people that destroyed her life the people that called her a dog because she's technically a half-breed she's not full Japanese so she's basically out to get the white men that put her in this position and it's not as simple as that like in the beginning you're like oh yeah there's a clear-cut villain and there's a clear-cut way to do this and by the episode eight it's like whoa that's not what we got but anyways ladies tell me what you thought
2: Honestly, um, Mizu that that's her character. I did not give a shit about her. Not at all. Um, uh, I was in it for the one, the storyline that got me was princess Akimi, which is the other main storyline to this, which is, this is the daughter of a nobleman who is being forced into a marriage. She doesn't want. And you know, as you said, a woman in a man's world, she's there trying to make her way in this world in, in a way that gives her some sense of autonomy. And the only avenues towards that are either towards prostitution or marriage. And just how do you navigate this in a way that still honors yourself? And I thought her growth and her arc was really, really interesting. But Mizu... It's just a revenge story. And while there was an arc of her realizing that things aren't what they seem and that she doesn't need to go down this dark path that she has been going, it's completely negated within the last five minutes. And so it's just like big fuck you. Fuck you. Every bit of growth that she had, you just negate in order to create a cliffhanger for a second season. Fuck off.
1: (laughs) I'd slightly kindly disagree, but I get that that perspective totally in my head because there's like four you know evil villains evil boyfriends whatever um like i i figured the end of the season one of them would get whatever right not all of them because obviously they want this to succeed and thread this long as they can but that theme of women trying to make their way is a thread throughout every episode because uh, when, especially when we meet Madam Kaji and yeah, like Akemi's trying to make her own way and trying to, you know, negate everything her father's making her do. There's a lot of scenes in general of like uh, women just trying to like be more than what they're told to be, um, which I really appreciated in this. Maybe the Mizu's character is like something we've seen before. You know, a hundred times. I think this whole cast of characters makes the show. I think if this was, you're right, Mindy. If this was just Mizu, like it totally would have sucked. Like it's a very two dimensional character, and yeah, kind of pulling that rug from underneath is us narrative wise let at me, the end me test of the series. This out.
3: Testing one, is Yeah, I, is you, you know, shocked I, shocked I let you guys that. talk because you know I, I have radio etiquette. However. I, I, this miso slander, this will not stand in this household. First off, I'm always here for a person of color coming for the honkies. I love my wife. Lord knows I do. You know, I used to love me some Matt Rife. I guess I can't love him no more, but I still love Jim Carrey. And sadly, I have to love Brad Pitt. But apart from that, I love my white people, but the fact that she was out here aiming for these colonizers, I was like, mm, "Peak Chef's Kiss relevancy, let's go!" Because like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no, I'm I fought for I I see, the I colonizers. That's not what my issue. Is. No, I agree with you, Mindy. I I didn't hate her character. As much, especially because the reveal. Because I was like, ooh, we've seen this. This is is a spicy Mulan. Okay, girl. But I also, I do like how flawed (laughs) this character (laughs) is. Because me, myself, who would have known? I have issues with letting shit go. Who would have thought? You know what I mean? Um, And I do. I have really bad issues with letting things go. I have very bad issues with just like identity and feeling abandoned. And the fact that this character is so flawed, it was very nice to see um, an antihero that you can't really like root for, that is not likable, but I can see their arc coming, like making that change. But they're so rooted in their pain, in their hatred, in getting justice done. And I was like, damn, this is me. But I like it. I like that they also,
2: have, bro, I, I know Cap, them fighting scenes, let's talk about it, please. Those were, oh, yeah. the the animation as a whole was gorgeous, for one thing. And I will say, this: this show has a lot of violence, has yes. a lot of nudity, both male and female nudity, full frontal. Mm-hmm. And yet, it does not feel gratuitous. That was the thing that got me. There are plenty of these types of animes where it feels like, oh, this is just blood and gore and sex for blood and gore and sex. Yes. This feels like it tells a story and I wasn't offended by it. Like I usually am for this sort of visual, visual narrative, which was really nice.
1: It, it hit my first anime that I ever watched like hard, like something akin to this was a uh, uh, Ninja scroll. And fuck like there's gratuitous nudity there's blood spray like i never knew what a blood spray was until i saw that movie (laughs) um and this kind of hit that nostalgia button for me right away that first fight that uh they have i think it's is it with uh tigan uh and they kind of like like guess their moves Or they show the visualization of like switching stances. Yeah, that was cool. Man, when Mizu first revealed that she was wearing weights like Goku I was like yeah <laughs> like it was so oh uh, man Bro,
3: she, when they when the weights came off I was like oh my bitch was doing this with the
2: 20 pound weights time. yeah I have like, to tell what? you I am not left handed yes <laughs> it was very much at that moment
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, animation on this was great. And the cast of characters uh and the people behind them were great. Like uh took me until the end of the series because I didn't want to look it up because I wanted to finish it. I could not figure out who Ringo was, but I knew the voice. I knew the voice. I'm like, who is that? Who is that? It's Masy Oka from Heroes. It's Hero. Yes. And I was like, I was like, how could I forget that voice? Um, Kenneth Brano, uh, Br- Brano, Brano, Brano,
3: Brano, Something Kenneth like that.
1: Brano, the Irish dude. Yes, yes.
3: Um, the Irish
1: George. Take- <laughs> yeah, George Takei, Brenda Song, Randall Park. Oh man, Randall Park character was great. Like, there's so many like pop culture picks for this, and it makes sense. It's a Netflix thing. You know they they put a lot of money behind the big thing. You know, so
2: when is the madam?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh man, she was great.
2: One thing I will say too, and part of it is it goes with the imagery, but part of it is just that made it really enticing to to sit with was the fact that it is so Japanese. Like (laughs) it is very clear that they added cultural elements to the show. Like at the, one of the first things that happens is they're part of a festival that it's not the Naked Man Festival, but it's similar to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There is a festival called the Naked Man Festival, but it's, it's not that, but it's something similar. And and then later on when they're showing um, Misu's backstory, it's juxtaposed with a no play and, and mm. that puppetry show, which having a puppetry show in animation and having it be as gorgeous as it is, it's just like the fact that it's very clear that this person Wanted to show Japanese culture through this show was very apparent, and it was very much appreciated. Just, yeah, I mean, outside of the storyline, it's like I'll just watch this for the Japan.
1: <laughs> that like, how meta is that episode though, where oh, you're yeah. animating people, controlling puppets, telling the storyline? You know, the in- turducken inception of this <laughs> freaking show. Like, it, that was probably one of the best episodes out of it all was. of them. It um, was. Absolutely was. Because you think you know, like, or you guess what you think Mizu's backstory is by, you know, a little bit we get in the first couple episodes. But, yeah, by, I don't know, that's like episode five or six. I hope there's a second season. Like, I don't, I don't know the numbers on this. Netflix is so hard to track
3: well netflix is also notoriously known for canceling their good shows like they saw fox and said hold my beer <laughs> i i want to go i just want to circle back to um Teigen and how you know i don't know what's up with me liking toxic characters but titan's my guy <laughs> I, I was kind of cringy at, like, the hinted romantic aspect between them and Mizu. Yes. Yeah, And me I was too. like, are you trying to make Fetch happen? Like, please just stop. But then, as it went on, I was like, you know what? Let the tomboy, trans, queer-coded character get the, the penis they deserve. You don't really see it too often. I know that may be a little raunchy for some folks, but I I actually do hope that both of them as characters with their arc, they tend to shed all of the trauma and the societal, the rigid societal rules that they operate in. I think that would actually be a dope like arc. Like both of these characters represent a form of masculinity, right? One is projecting what they think masculinity is. In fact, both of them are doing that. So it was just actually very interesting to see that kind of play out, but I'm here for it. At first I was like, mm, no, but the way Princess Akemi is moving, She about that life, so she gonna get to a point where she not gonna want Tyga's little ball headed ass. So (laughs) I don't know, man. I I, I'm but I'm here for both um, Mizu and Tyga, like their stories unraveling and them finding out who they truly are, and then that is when I'll approve of that of them consummating that bond.
2: I had a similar thing with Ringo, who is essentially Chin from Mulan with no hands. Uh, and that I, I wish right. that, I mean, it is, right? I wish that they had done a little bit more, but it's like we had so many characters, it's hard to like, which one do we focus on? But it's like his whole thing is because he has no hands, trying to figure out what his purpose in life is. Because he has been so rejected and so thrown away by pretty much everybody, including me. So to some degree. And so, and he's there, he's thinking, he's like, well, I'm good at making noodles. Well, other people make noodles better than me. So I guess that's not my calling. So maybe I'm supposed to help out the, the samurai, uh, but the samurai doesn't really want me. So, uh so it's like, I would like to see, you know, as much as I didn't like the fact that this is geared for a second season, I thought it would have been good if it was just one and have like, you know, Mizu's story be like, I've learned that I can move forward my life without this. If, the, you know, the fact that they are gearing up for a second season, I would like to see a lot more of Ringo figuring out who he is and finding his place in society.
1: And I think he will. I think he will, because like his his arc, at least the end of this, like makes sense. And if we connect the dots with how Mizu grow grew up. Like, I I just have this image of, you know, episode one at the end. Ringo comes out of the woods with like specialty knives affixed to his hands, ready to stab somebody (laughs) in the face. Like, but still having that like super nice visage. His, his, the way he carries himself, he's very honest. He's very kind. He's, I don't know. He was one of my favorite characters. And I, I get that we probably should have had more of him, but I feel like he's almost too good that. You know, we would have been spoiled. I think.
2: Well, so many of the characters are uh, damaged, and as a tr- in, in, as a result of that, bitter. Mm-hmm. Ringo is one of the few that is like, yes, he is damaged, but he's trying to see the best in the world, and so it's like he's a singular light. <laughs> and it's like when the world is dark, absolutely, you look towards the light. Yeah.
3: Well, Ringo also represents a lot of just like he I love characters like like him, especially like Rick and Morty. I always think about the dad. Right. Jerry, which philosophically him and Ringo are about even kill, where it's a lot about the ministry of presence and just being present and being able to experience uh, and then. You know, I mean, he has a little bit of Patrick going on where it's just like it's that dumb luck where it's like the one character who chooses to experience life is also the one who's the most useful, even though they're not touted to be the strongest or the, the smartest right in the room but they end up becoming the most useful because they are able to be present and experience and be grateful for all of life. It's not like black and white. They're not trying to live up, but I did like that character arc because the whole time he was like, I just want to be good at something. And I was like, bro, you already are. You make fucking noodles and you know what peaches are like, bro, you're good in life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're good. But yeah, I'm I'm curious. I was like, you, Chad, I thought this was a movie. I actually didn't know what this was, so when I decided to sit down, I was like, "Oh, another anime, because I was burnt out from Attack on Titan. I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> but <laughs> like, that show just wiped me out. However, Blue-Eyed Samurai was very refreshing. I was surprised that this was a Netflix property, um, just because of the quality of it and I don't know. Netflix has been on this anti-colonial kick. I don't know if it's pandering, but from the Castlevania (laughs) spinoff to this, it's like, oh, y'all, y'all are y'all are not uh, being shy about being or at least pandering to the anti uh, anti anti-government. But uh apart for everything is on on point the animation is beautifully done i haven't seen animation done like this in a very long time the mixed media and is i think it's mixed media i could be wrong but it's beautiful the characters are written well it's not reinventing the wheel by any means but this proves that you don't need to reinvent the wheel in order to give us something that still has substance and you can be invested in and so i really do appreciate um, this animation and the storytelling so for me I give it about
2: seven out of ten peaches yeah <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed this as well as I said the the animation is gorgeous the arcs are interesting while I don't think the main character is interesting as much as the lead character of a show should be the primary focus. The secondary characters absolutely carry the weight. Like I said, Princess Akimi's arc and her journey was captivating in particular. And also, as well as I mentioned, the uh, integration of Japanese culture and Japanese, you know, you called it mixed media, but like different art forms in the process of of telling the story. Also, there's a lot of focus on kind of the quote-unquote nefarious aspects of society, but presenting them in a way that isn't vilifying, which is also really refreshing. So, you know, again, while I said I I wish it had kind of ended with a season, it felt like it would have been a good self-contained journey, you know, I'm not, I don't hate the fact that there's, they're gearing up for a second one, if nothing else to see how these arcs continue. So yeah, go, go watch it. It's, it's surprisingly good, as you said, especially for being a Netflix cartoon and a Netflix anime. Uh, so I am going to give it uh, an eight out of 10 Woodcuts of the fisherman's wife for all your kinky needs. <laughs> they did. They I loved it when it's like that is absolutely a recreation of the fisherman's wife for all your tentacle porn.
1: <laughs> we didn't talk about how Mizu hid themselves uh-huh. from society because she was born with blue eyes. Which is the dead giveaway that she's got white blood in her because, you know, Japanese people have brown eyes. She wears these orange tinted glasses that make her eyes hazel or, uh, you know, brown when she wears them. So nobody thinks twice of until she takes them off to like threaten somebody or, you know, reveal who she is. But man, I really dug that character design. There's nothing much more I can say without like spoiling like the oh shit moments. Uh, but I'll spoil one. Uh, the episode where they're defending the town and uh, her samurai sword turns into a frickin uh, uh, I forget what they're specifically called a bow staff with a knife on the end of it. Glee. Uh Yeah, dude. Like that, along with like her her weight training hidden under the garb. Like I, I really dug those little moments in this. Besides all the blood and gore and cool violence, (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna go a step higher. I'm gonna do nine out of ten. Blackened teeth, which I didn't know was a thing. That
2: sexy ass smile. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh my god.